Hey, hey, everybody, it's Nearby of CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I'm Nearby on Twitter. I'm Nearby on Instagram. I'm also Nearby feeling deeply emotionally sad as this is most likely the final ever episode of Degrassi Buddy. It's episode 25. It is the prologue where we will be going over the what became of of a few of the Degrassi old school characters from uh, junior high and junior and high <sighs> but who knows maybe i'll do another uh, occasional episode of grassy buddy down the line talking about maybe do maybe doing some character bios and who knows maybe i'll have guests and we'll discuss stuff but for now uh degrassi buddy is uh we'll just say it's it's gonna take a break if you will but don't forget next week uh don't know when we're going to start. Maybe we'll start on Saturday because uh, after this week, uh, Movie Buddy is going to be moving back to Mondays on SerialGrapeJuice.com. That's right. If you're a fan of movie commentaries and would like to be joined by a buddy, go check out SerialGrapeJuice.com. Watch movies with me. Yeah. Technically via MP3. Check them out. But we will be moving on to Bayside Buddy, a Saved by the Bell podcast. Where we, 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 we will be revisiting Saved by the Bell seasons one to every one of them. Uh, as I got the entire box set, and we'll be recapping them. Zach and Kelly and Slater and Screech and Lisa and more. So yeah, now, those will also be uploaded to Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, as are the Degrassi Buddy episodes. So be sure to check those out, or be sure to check those out. Tell people about it, and if you're a fan of Base of Bayside, Saved by the Bell, continue to uh, check out the Bayside Buddy casts. They will not be posted to the Degrassi uh, old school Facebook group that I've Posts these episodes on that a lot of people uh, <clears throat> listen to these episodes on because, of course, that group is for Degrassi only. So, yeah, I'll probably join a Bayside uh, or Bayside, a Saved by the Bell group on Facebook just to spam there. Yeah, but they will be available on Spotify and so on as well. Anyway, we're going to start. What we're going to do is we're going to be going over the what became ofs of uh, characters. Not okay, They were not lesser known or or infrequent characters during Degrassi Junior High or Degrassi High, but they were not featured very much in Next Generation. And so that's why we're going to start with them first. Now, before I go on, I just want to tell people out there who have not seen Next Generation, whether they just not interested or they refuse, Next Generation is, is a, I'm not, it, it is a good show. I have nine seasons of it on DVD. Now, tech, now I've already said it before. I'm only I only liked these seasons up until probably about five or six season five or six because the same thing happened to me with uh, the old school nine hundred two and zero. Once the 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 original cast members graduated high school, moved on to college, and started adulting, I just lost interest, man. Because uh, adulting, you know, I'm more interested in the hijinks and the craziness that people get up to when when they're in junior high and high school. So that's why for me generation new generation of Degrassi lost its appeal after the original characters from the beginning of season one of new generation graduated and moved on where they went they either went to college and got jobs or they just left the show completely so they had to introduce new characters so one day I would like to go back and I will say that after doing the research for this episode of Degrassi buddy episode 25 the epilogue or the prologue no it's actually the epilogue right epilogue comes last prologues in the beginning yeah the epilogue I actually have gotten the urge to go back and start watching some new generation from season one. Because, as I said, that it, it really is a good show. And if you're a fan of old school Degrassi, junior high and high, and even kids of Degrassi Street, 
at least check out season one of New Generation. Because old school Degrassi characters are pretty, pretty heavily featured in New Generation, especially in season one. Which I think is awesome how they were able to do that. But let's let's stop let's stop a doing and make more ado or less ado. We're gonna start with Lucy Fernandez. Lucy does appear in uh, some next generation. Now I'm getting all these notes are from Degrassi Wiki, so basically it's gonna be read word for word with the occasional stuff that I remember, which I'm gonna throw in because I'm not gonna go back and watch all these things of Degrassi. Uh, next generation in one shot just for this episode so come on so just deal with it. i'm going to read it to you for those of you who remember or who have not watched next generation uh, and are curious and those of you who just want a reminder of what happened to these characters anyway lucia fernandez in season one of next generation she reappears in mother and child reunion part one which is actually the season premiere or the series premiere of new generation where lucy tries to buy a car from joey joey is a a a used car dealer basically and she tries to buy a car from Joey to help her move to Mexico Lucy wants to move to Mexico she talks to Joey about a, the reunion coming up and tries to convince him to go telling him that it's what Julia would have wanted who's Julia well I guess we're gonna find out later are not we anyway when the two arrive at Degrassi they meet up with Caitlin and Snake and they talk about the reunion when Joey tells them that he's not going to the reunion Lucy says that they will still go out for drinks that night before Joey can uh, reject. And at the bar, Lucy tells Caitlin that she watches her show every week. And that she, and that she situations, or that the situation, nice, you know, hey, spell check, Wiki. That the situations she gets herself into are amazing. That's right. What's up with Caitlin? I guess we'll find out. Lucy's friends mention her accomplishments and how amazing she is. And Lucy talks about the, inc- the accident with wheels. She goes home with Spike and Caitlin, and the three have drinks together. And uh, in Mother-Child Reunion Part 2, Lucy arrives at the reunion and catches up with old friends. During Caitlin's speech, Lucy watches as Joey and Keith get into a fight. Who's Keith? I guess we're going to find out. And in Season 2 of New Generation, Lucy attended Spike and Snake's wedding in January 2003. So yes, Spike and Snake, spoiler alert, do get married in the future but uh there was a uh, bit uh i guess we'll get to that later uh with lucy we're gonna get to that when we get to another character later it's a it's gonna be an audio clip anyway then we then move on to erica farrell and her sis well the twins they appear in season three in an episode called father figure where they're basically they're pretty much spike is having a baby shower that's right spoiler alert spike gets pregnant and it is attended by a few old school characters and two of which are the feral twins and that's pretty much all they do as far as that's all we see of them uh moving on to liz liz o'rourke everybody loves liz uh on negrassi next generation season one special features in a reunion video she says she now works with the demental the develop me developmentally disabled uh she also helps her best friend spike give birth to her second child jack when Liz's best friend Spike needs a pick-me-up during her separation from Snake, spoiler alert, Liz is there at the comforter, and she is present along with other Degrassi alumni when male strippers arrive to cheer Spike up. <laughs> That's right. So Liz uh, goes on. She becomes like, what is it called? The midwife? Basically, so she's there to help Spike deliver little Jack. So we see a little, some appearances here and there of uh, Liz. She no longer has the... Uh, 
the buzz cuts on the side and all that stuff. She, not don't want to say she looks normal, but she looks normal. <laughs> As does Spike. Spike no longer has the, uh, the spike hair. She looks normal too, if you will. Next, Kathleen Mead. That's right, Kathleen made a, uh, a one-shot appearance. As she's one of the Degrassi alumni, she is, uh, she's seen, although I don't think she got any lines at all, but she is in attendance at the Degrassi reunion in uh, uh, episodes uh, one and or two of Degrassi Next Generation season one. So she is there, sitting there. So, I mean, it's better than what Melanie got. Melanie's not even there. Like, that's just, I still... I'm still just not happy that they couldn't continue with Snake and Melanie. That's not cool at all. Next, Yik Yu. Yik returned to Degrassi in 2001 to be part of the reunion of all the Degrassi students when the school reopened. That's right, the school reopened. I, I guess it was the uh, the Degrassi High, which they shut down because of all the maintenance they need to do, so it reopened. Anyway, Yik made, made a brief return for about half a second in the Season 2 opener titled When Doves Cry, Part 1. He is seen at Spike's birthday party cooking and shaking hands with Joey. We now move on to Tessa. Now, Tessa does not make any appearances in Next Generation, but her name is mentioned a couple times. In Season 3, Tessa is mentioned in the uh, episode Holiday, Part 2, when Joey tells his stepson, Greg Manning, yes, spoiler alert, Joey has a stepson, he tells Craig about his previous affair with Tessa, and in Season 4... Tessa's name is also mentioned when Craig called Joey's ex-girlfriend Sydney uh, in Time Stands Still. Joey says that when he comes home, he doesn't want to find Tessa at his doorstep because uh, Craig called Joey's ex. He doesn't want Craig calling another one of Joey's exes. But then again, but then her name was mentioned in the season four finale, Going Down the Road Part Two, when Caitlin is on the phone with Snake. So that's all we get of Tessa. And uh, as I said in uh, the previous episode of Degrassi Buddy, CeroandGrapeJuice.com, yeah, I am there. <laughs> that Tessa was seemed like quickly an afterthought after like after the thing with Joey was done, and then the movie, the School's Out movie, which was a great, it was a great movie, but it just went on for another forty-five minutes to an hour, as if Tessa, Tessa just became a name that Joey was having um, intercourse with. So yeah, poor Tessa, but what you gonna do? We move on to Mr. Daniel Radich. That's right, Mr. Radich makes some appearances in uh, Next Generation. In Season 1, Radich appears after many years in uh, the series premiere, Mother and Child Reunion Part 1, where he is showing Toby and Jeff Isaacs around the school and discussing Toby's enrollment. Toby is one of the new young high schoolers in Next Generation. He, uh, Toby... Toby was a cool character. He got into some... Uh, he had an interesting uh, character uh, hierarchy, whatever it's called. So, as I said, give, give, if you haven't watched any new generation, give season one a chance. Probably every episode is available on YouTube. Seriously, go check it out. Uh, when Toby stumbles across his friend J.T. York... Oh, you want to talk about a kid who had some kind of... some? Uh, yeah, J.T. from Degrassi Next Generation. Uh... One of the saddest... I got choked up. You all know, if you know, everyone who knows about JT and what happens, uh, you know, his little thing. I got choked up when that happened. So, yeah, anyway. When Toby stumbles across JT York, Radich tells them that we, they will continue in his office because they get in trouble. From what I remember, they were screwing around in the computer department, hacking into computers and shit. 
well, there was a reason for it, which we're going to get to if I remember. Basically, in case I don't remember, uh, Emma, Spike's daughter, is obviously is a teenager, and she's a heavily featured character. We're going to get to her. She's heavily featured in several seasons of The Next Generation. Uh, she, in the episodes one and two, she gets herself into some uh, not very cool situations, and Toby and JT York uh, break into some computers to try to find out what's going on, and we're going to get to what's going on later. Uh, in Mother Child Reunion Part 2, Radich is seen greeting people outside the steps of Degrassi and welcoming them into the reunion. During dinner, he introduces Caitlin to the stage, and after the fight between Joey and Keith, who is Caitlin's fiance, Radish tells the group that it's time to dance. And uh, he also makes some appearances later dealing with uh, Next Generation students because Radich is uh, once again working at this new school, but not forever. Uh, he ends up... Um, uh, something happens, we'll get to that, at uh, this Degrassi school, and as principal, Radich is, uh, it's, it's like a, a sports team, if the team is doing really poorly, they don't take out the players, they get, they fire the coach and bring in someone new, so something, we're gonna get to that, something bad happens at Degrassi, and because Radich is the principal, he's, uh, dismissed, so that's Mr. Radich. We then go on... To the one and only Derek Wheels Wheeler. And uh, Wheels' inability to accept culpability angered and disgusted Snake, who refused to forgive him for 12 years. Uh, this is from the episode Should I Stay or Should I Go? New Generation Season 3. Uh, Wheels was charged with criminal negligence, negligence causing death, criminal negligence causing injury times 2, and drunk driving. Taking responsibility for once, he pleaded guilty to all charges, which we found out at the end of School's Out. Out of jail, Wheels appeared in the combination reunion movie and series premiere of Degrassi Next Generation, Mother and Child Reunion. However, his appearance in uh, Next Generation series premiere at Parts 1 and 2 is only shown in the Canadian version, okay? It is not shown in the American version of Next Generation this uh, scene, which we're going to show, play an audio clip of. Now, my DVD sets are the American versions. So this scene, which we're going to play in a second, does not appear in my DVD box sets. I only discovered it literally about two weeks ago. That, holy crap, there was, there was another scene with Wheels. So anyway, Wheels shows up at the reunion. And, uh, well, let's just take a listen to it. I didn't speak in town. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lucy? There's someone here to see you. What are you doing here? Look, don't worry, I'm not I'm not staying. I just just wanted you to know that there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about what I did. I got drunk. I drove. It was stupid. I'm still paying for it. And I'm really, really sorry. That's it. Because that's all. The thing is, I, I actually feel sorry for him.
Yep, so that scene was cut from, uh, well, my collection, but it was aired in the Canadian version. So, haha, Americans, haha. Anyway, two years later in Should I Stay or Should I Go, which is season three of, G- of Next Generation, Joey finally manages to reunite the old friends when he takes Snake bowling in order to get Snake's mind off of a health problem that he's got. We're going to discuss that. And uh, let's just play the audio. It's a great scene. Still got it, folks. Next up, gutter ball for sure. Snake? Never gutters out. Joey. Shaving my head and eyebrows for kicks. I've seen Stranger. Mm-hmm. You doing okay? No. I'm starting to wish it was all just over. Yeah, I know how that feels. No, you don't. I'm sorry, but there's no way you do. Snake. I was drunk. I drove. I killed a kid. I think I know what wanting to die feels like. What did you do? Because, uh... I have no idea where to go from here. Just found something inside me that wanted to keep going. I can't even tell my wife. But I'm really scared. You have to keep fighting, buddy. Okay. We got uh, three Shirley Temples. <laughs> no, I'm kidding here. <laughs> Two heads that match our bowling balls. And to old friends. Cheers. Cheers. Well, I guess that ended the spoiler with Snake's condition anyway. But after that scene, later on in the episode, we see the three former bandmates, all of them bald, and they're they're sitting in the back of uh, jo- of uh, Joey's car, which has the hood removed. It's a it's a it's a topless. It's one of those, one of those ones, a convertible. And uh, they're all singing the one and only Degrassi song as a uh, Snake is uh, breaking out of his funk. And it was great to see them together. And it was great to see Wheels. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Neil Hope. He was great as Wheels. He was awesome. He did a great job playing Wheels as the guy. As the cool wheels, he did a great job playing wheels as the scumbag that I just wanted to punch in the face. And he did a great job playing with the redeemed wheels here. Uh, he was awesome. Well done. So, anyway. So that takes care of the short um, recapping. As we're now going to move on to some longer recaps. 
some characters who spend a lot more time in new, the next generation than uh, the previously mentioned. We're going to move on to Archie Snake Simpson. So in season one of Next Generation, not gonna, we're not going to go over everything because Snake Snake appear, Snake is in Next Generation, like for like a million seasons for real. <laughs> but we're only going to go over like a, a few here and there's of like the first five seasons. So anyway, season one in Mother and Child Reunion Part One, Snake first appears when he finds Emma, JT, and Manny, three of the new younger students. With the reunion memorabilia, I remember this, they found a bunch of old pictures, uh, they found, uh, somebody found Joey's fedora, and yeah, they were making fun, you know, it's just what kids do, they find old pictures and they make fun of the old people. Anyway, Snake is amazed at the old things that Spike found, and he tells the kids to enjoy their last days of summer before they start school. Snake continues looking through old pictures and reminiscing when Caitlin arrives at the school. They hug, and Caitlin mentions that Snake is now a teacher at Degrassi. That's right, Snake is a teacher at Degrassi. He's teaching uh, computers. He goes on to be a teacher at Degrassi. Uh, but that's not it. He go, we'll, we'll get to that. They talk about memories of Joey as Joey pulls into the school with Lucy. In Mother and Child Reunion Part 2, Snake welcomes Caitlin and Keith to the reunion. He tells them to go on the tour and that he would see them later. Snake then sits with Spike during the dinner and watches as Joey and Keith begin to argue during Caitlin's speech. Yeah, this Keith guy. Not cool. We're going to get to him. At the reunion, Snake dances with Spike. And when JT, Man Manny, and Toby tell them what's going on, which we're going to get to, something's going on with Emma. Snake and Spike run off and they drive somewhere. <laughs> and when they arrive somewhere, they do something... And uh, we'll get there Ugh, when we get to Emma. Season 2, uh, teaching Spike's daughter renews Spike's interest in Snake. And the two begin dating. So Snake and Spike begin dating. Remember at the, near the, nearing the end of uh, Degrassi High? Spike uh, suddenly caught interest in Snake while Snake was still fawning over uh, Michelle when he should have been fawning over Melanie the whole time, but... It's not his fault, it's the writers. <laughs> anyway, they begin dating, and among their outgoings is an Elvis, Elvis Costello concert as the two share the love of his music. After a few months, Spike proposes marriage to Snake, and Snake accepts. Spike also picks out her ring for herself. Snake and Emma deal with the typical conflict between pr prospective step-parents and stepchildren, complicated by his role as Mr. Simpson, her teacher... And that of her friends. That's right. So that must be very... I remember uh, when I was in high school, Aurora High School in Aurora, Ontario. Yeah, hey. The, my, my computer teacher, Mr. Um, Mr. Something. I forget his name. His daughter also went to that Aurora High School. So, but it, I never knew his daughter. I knew of her. But, so I didn't know if she ever found it awkward that, you know, she was going to the same school that her dad taught at. I don't know if they were ever in the same class, like if he was ever a teacher. But yeah, that, that actually happened at a school I went to. And we're unaware that Spike is pregnant with their son, Jack. Snake makes an offhand remark about becoming Emma's stepfather. Being hard enough, or being uh, becoming Emma's stepfather being hard enough. And that he does not want to start a family of their own yet. This prompts Spike to consider keeping the pregnancy a secret from Snake and aborting the fetus. That's right, Spike was considering having an abortion until Emma, knowing that she herself 
uh, began as a prime candidate for being aborted, is vehemently pro-life, and races to Snake's bachelor party to warn him. Snake argues with Spike about not being consulted and having to learn about the situation from Emma. Angry with each other, the two initially stay away from the church the following morning, reluctant to marry. They eventually reconcile in time to dash to the ceremony in casual clothes. That's right, I remember this episode. They showed up and they got married wearing both of them, both of them basically wearing jeans and t-shirts. It was still awesome. As I said, Next Generation is, is really is a great show. Uh, and they changed into their wedding attire before the reception. So, yeah. Snake. Anyway, season three in the season premiere, Father Figure Parts 1 and 2. Emma discovers that her father, Shane McKay, is brain damaged and confined to a sanitarium rather than a physician as she was or that she was told that, yes, yeah, she was told that uh, Shane went on to be a doctor. Uh, Emma lashes out at Spike for hiding the truth and for allowing Shane's parents to commit him. But Snake consoles Emma and acknowledges his, her sense of betrayal while also providing her exposition as to what had happened. Which was Shane taking acid, jumping off a bridge, and thus getting uh, brain damaged. Uh, also, in Season 3, for a change, Emma finds herself relating better to her stepfather Snake than with her mother. Uh, at the end of the same episode, which was called... Uh, uh, a season three episode <laughs> snake and Spike's son Jack is born and Emma addresses snake as dad for the first time going forward she alternates between snake and dad depending on her mood and the situation continuing to address him as mr. Simpson in class that's right she, when she liked when she when she and snake were on good terms she called him dad when she was pissed at him she called him snake when he was teaching her he was mr. Simpson I mean, also in season three snake learns that he has leukemia and he battles it throughout the entire season with the help of Spike, Emma, friends, and family. And uh, here's my little notes here. In Season 5, get, Snake gets caught making out with the school's new principal, Miss Hat Zalakos, played by super hot Melissa DeMarco. For those of us in Ontario, at least, might remember Melissa DeMarco as the stunningly gorgeous woman who did the quick, quick little nightlife segments on the channels called CFMT? Well, she appears in a some some of uh, Next Generation uh, first as a teacher, and then uh, yeah, and then as principal. We'll find out why later. Now, Emma catches them making out, meaning yeah, Emma catches Emma catches Snake making out with Melissa DeMarco, the principal. She started out the the, the this this woman. Melissa DeMarco, her character originally was a science teacher, but she became principal after Radich was dismissed, which we're going to find out why later. But uh, at a dance, it was a school dance, yeah. It was a school dance, Snake, and uh, Snake was a chaperone, as was the super gorgeous uh, Melissa DeMarco playing this principal. They were caught making out in the back by uh, Emma, and uh, Snake wanted to keep it secret from Spike, but Emma... Was like Emma wasn't having none of it, and she forces Snake to come clean to Spike. Spike then threw Snake out, and uh, Snake made multiple attempts at forgiveness, but Spike just continued to relent. Until one episode, Spike is on a break at the mall. Spike ends up owning a beauty salon, I believe. Anyway, Snake shows up at the mall while Spike is on a break, and he's got flowers with him, and he's decked out in a tuxedo, and Snake does this. 
The girls at the salon told me you were on break. Are you selling roses in restaurants? What's with the penguin suit? I was wearing a t-shirt on our wedding day. And I wanted to make sure I did this right. Spike, you are my everything. And if you let me come home, I'll be worthy of you this time because you deserve everything. You're beautiful. You hurt me. I know. No. You don't really know. I loved you since I was 16. You were the one guy I thought was good. The one guy I was sure I could count on. Well, count on me now. Because I love you. So I will never give up until you take me back. You ask me if I love you. And I choke on my reply. I'd rather hurt you honestly than mislead you with a lie. And sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much. And I have to close my eyes and hide. I want to hold you Okay. Two conditions. Done. No kissing anyone but me ever again. And no singing ever again. <laughs> And that was their wedding song and a very good scene. Very good scene. As I said, what this happened in season, uh, season five, seriously, people next, I'm, I'm going to stress it until this episode's over. Next generation is a good show. Not just with the old school characters, but even with the new characters, em, well, Emma's not really new, but she's not a kid, not a little baby anymore. Emma's awesome. Uh, Toby and JT are awesome. Manny's awesome. Spinner's awesome. Uh, uh, Drake, uh, who plays a character named Jimmy, that's right, the, that Drake, the Drake, is in Degrassi Next Generation. He's awesome. Check it out, man. It's, it, it really is an awesome show. But anyway, eventually, Snake gets promoted to school principal of Degrassi. And he goes, uh, he's probably in just about every season of, of Next Generation. He just, and I think he's probably the only one who just goes on and on and on. So Snake is and he also directed a bunch of them. Stefan Brogan, or yeah, however his last name is pronounced, he directed a lot of episodes of uh, Next Generation. So yeah, so he put himself in a bunch of them. So maybe he made him, maybe that's how he ended up making out with Melissa DeMarco. He was like, I'm the director, I get to make out with her. So, god damn you. <sighs> anyway, we're going to move on. Next character we're going to talk about is Christine Spike Nelson, who was also heavily featured in several seasons of uh, Next Generation. She is, after all, the mother of probably the main character for multiple seasons, Emma. And just like Snake, we're not going to get into everything. That would just take too much time. We're just going to get into some here's and there's. Uh, season 1 in Mother and Child Reunion, Christine, well, we're just going to call her Spike. Spike first appears 
when she tells Emma and Manny to come downstairs so that they may take some boxes to the reunion. When she comes across old pictures on Emma's computers, she reminisces for a brief second before saying that they need to leave. And uh, I also wrote down here that she and Snake dance together and they and it rekindles some old feelings for each other. Spike also reminisces a lot with Caitlyn to the point where her and Caitlyn become very good friends. So, yeah, but uh, there's a lot more that happens with Spike, but it, it involves a lot with Emma. So we're going to get to that when we get to Emma. Season two, beginning in the second season... Uh, Spike and Caitlin are shown to have somehow become close friends, despite Caitlin have, having gone away to Carleton University in Ottawa to pursue a broadcasting career in Los Angeles. That's right, we're going to get to that with Caitlin. While Spike stayed in Toronto to follow her in her mother's footstep as a beautician and single mother. With her daughter Emma, with her daughter Emma attending classes, taught by her old high school classmate Snake, her interest in him renewed. And the two begin dating and eventually get married, which we already talked about. What are you going to do? Anyway, in Season 3, Spike's child with Snake has nearly completed its gestation. And Spike's midwife, yeah, that's what it is, a midwife. Spike's midwife, uh, she gives birth to little Jack, is Liz. So this is when we see another appearance of Liz in Season 3, where she looks normal. <laughs> Not that she didn't look good with the wacky hair, but you can't carry that on into adulthood, man. I've seen people that I went to school with in junior high... I see pictures of them now, and not a bunch of them, but like I can count them on like one hand. They seem to be trying to keep the same look that they had in junior high. It just, it's just, it's sad. It's just saying, it's sad. Anyway, uh, also in attendance at Spike's baby shower are the feral twins, Heather, Heather and Erica, as well as Lucy Fernandez. Uh, also, with Spike preparing to bear Snake's child, Emma is increasingly interested to know about her own father and meeting him. Yeah, this was a good episode. I remember this episode. This was uh, some, uh, but is rebuffed by Spike. Uh, episode is called Father Figure. It's in season three. Uh, when Emma learns the truth about Shane's brain damage the hard way, you see Emma. She ends up going to try to search for Snake. Sorry, for Shane, because she was initially told that he was a physician. So she ended up going to like hospitals and looking for like Doctor McKay, and people were people were just uh, well, we've never heard who. But anyway, she eventually finds out the truth, and uh, Emma's not happy about it for Spike keeping the truth from her. And Emma incorrectly perceives that it was Spike that allowed Shane to be committed. It wasn't Spike; it was Shane's parents. Uh, Snake empathizes em empathizes with Emma's sense of betrayal and explains to her about Shane's injuries, you know, jumping off the bridge, and his frightening behavior when Spike and Emma visited. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Uh, Shane, having been given the Nelson's address from Emma, pays Spike a visit. Now, I just want to say, the person who plays Shane in this episode is not the original actor. Although I did read somewhere that the original actor appeared in Next Generation as Shane. But I don't know if it got totally cut or if it's a... It's on YouTube or whatever, but I did read that he did return and the original actor portrayed him. But in what's going to be happening here, it was a totally different dude playing uh, Shane. Um, how, yeah, how many? So Emma ended, ended, Emma ended up giving Shane the address to her house. And so Shane ends up spent, Shane leaves the, uh, the house for people like Shane to go and pay Spike a visit. And he's upset to find that he is not a part of their family. And he becomes violent 
toward the furnishings that prevent Spike from fleeing or telephoning. That's why he he went nuts. He just started breaking shit, just going crazy. Uh, the shock sends Spike into labor. That's right. Spike was pregnant at the time. She goes into labor because of just the stress going on. Emma soon arrives and she's able to calm calm uh, down Shane, and she phones Liz and the school sw- uh, and the school switchboard to get a hold of uh, Archie Snake. Spike delivers Jack Simpson with the support of Liz and Snake while Emma waits outside with Shane. Shane finished knitting a beautiful baby hat for little Jack and Emma promises to, to stay in touch with him. That's right. Shane took up knitting during his, uh, during his Shane life. So he ended up knitting a little, little hat for little Jack. Uh, and she, uh, Emma promised to stay in touch with him. Don't know if she ended up, I don't think she, it stayed that way, but yeah. Anyway, just as Spike. Anyway, later, another other Spike stuff. Just as Spike's sexually aggressive coworker slash classmate Tessa had seduced Joey into cheating on Caitlin twelve years twelve years earlier. Earlier, Emma's best friend Manny, portrayed by Cassie Steele. Manny's a great kid. All of them are. All the originals are great characters. Manny uh, seduces Joey's stepson Craig into cheating on his comparatively responsible and mature but chaste girlfriend Ashley. Ashley, there was another cool character. Ashley Kerwin was a great character. She starts off a uh, finger quote normal, and then she becomes all emo. And at the time, she was dating Drake's character, Jimmy. And when Ashley went all emo, Drake didn't like it, and Ashley ended up dumping his ass. Uh, anyway, uh, all this established a love triangle nearly identical to the dynamic of uh, Joey, Kaylin, and Tessa, which lasts for several episodes. Also, when Manny discovers herself to be pregnant by Craig, she runs straight to Spike, knowing that she had been a teen mother to Emma, and seeks her guidance. Spike tells Manny to deal with the news, or she helps Manny to deal with the news, and gives her the same advice that she had been giving as a pregnant teen, explaining that parental responsibility is hers, and the final choice on whether to keep the baby is thus hers as well. Season four uh, is when a major, major must-see thing happens. So we're going to get to that when we get to Emma. So season four. We're going to move to season five with Spike. Through all the chaos of Spike's and Snake's marital problems, Spike puts a lot of stress on Emma to help her around the house. This drives Emma to the point of losing control of her life and forces her to develop an eating disorder. Oh, that, she, that's not the only thing that she ends up... Emma, we're going to get to Emma. Uh, with the help of Snakes, Manny, and Emma's boyfriend at the time, Peter, Spike gets Emma in rehab to recover. And uh, I wrote another note. Spike continues to make regular appearances up to Season 9. Then, uh, be, then uh, her name is basically just mentioned on and off a couple of seasons afterwards, but basically pretty much Season 5... Uh, yeah, she starts to ha- make less and less appearances, Spike. But, uh, come on, people. Give Next Generation a chance. It really is good. But now we're going to move on to Kaylin. Kaylin Ryan. Kaylin, Kaylin, Kaylin. <laughs> in season one, in the series premiere, it is revealed that Kaylin has made it big after high school, and she has her own TV show. That's right. It is also revealed that Kaylin is engaged to a producer named Keith. And she asks Keith to go with her to her high school reunion so that she may show her she may show him off to her friends. And when Kaylin arrives at the school via a limousine, that's right, Kaylin, uh, humble, humble Kaylin. 
uh, she uh, she comes across Snake and they reminisce. When Joey and his daughter arrive, that's right, Joey has a daughter. They arrive with Lucy. Uh, Caitlin asks Joey if he really isn't going to the reunion, and when he tells her that he isn't, Caitlin tells him to go at least or to at least go out for drinks with them that night. Caitlin goes to Spike's house and the two reminisce and to talk about Keith. When Emma walks in and tells her how excited she is to meet Caitlin, even revealing her name, magazine title, uh, uh, re- or revealing her name, magazine title, or her oh, magazine, the show. Why would you call it a magazine? It's a TV show. The sh- the title of Caitlin's show is called Ryan's Planet, and uh, Caitlin or Emma also knows Caitlin's birth date, which is March second, nineteen seventy two. Wow, so Caitlin is uh, that much older than me. I'm 75, December 3rd. Yay, happy birthday to me soon. Anyway, at the bar, bar, Caitlin laughs with her friends and they talk about their old times when she tells Joey that he hasn't changed at all. Joey gets upset when he hears this and he goes up to the bar. He's like, I have changed. I'm not some dumbass anymore. I need a drink. (laughs) Anyway, later that night, Caitlin goes home with uh, Spike and Lucy and Emma asks Caitlin for advice. Emma asks Caitlin if she should go for the boy that uh, Emma. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, we, well, spoiler alert. Emma asks Caitlin if she should go and meet this boy, and Caitlin tells Emma to follow her heart. What? What boy, Nerby? We're gonna get to that. <laughs> uh, in Mother Child Reunion Part Two, Caitlin arrives at the reunion with Keith and meets up with Snake. When told to go on a tour by Snake, Keith walks away and Caitlin goes on alone. She spots, she spots Joey and the two share a brief mom, moment through the window to the class. When they meet up, Joey apologizes about the past and they agree to move forward. The past, of course, being Tessa. Joey was doing what with Tessa? <laughs> anyway, who stumbles upon Joey and Caitlin? But Allison. That's right. Allison makes an appearance. She's at the reunion. Allison stumbles upon the two and offers to buy Joey a drink, pulling him away. At dinner, Caitlin is called to the stage to give a speech, and she remarks on how incredible it is to see everybody again. During her speech, she sees Keith and Joey get into a fight and finds out that Keith isn't fully committed to the engagement, prompting her to run off. Caitlin sits with Joey in the bathroom as they talk about her her unluckiness with relationships and Caitlin asks how uh, Joey knew Julia was the one, and he finally opens up about her. Now, people might be wondering, what was Joey fighting with Keith about? Well, Allison tried to get Joey. Allison, you know, was looking for some fun, if you will, at this reunion. She first tried to get Joey to do it, but Joey, you know, blew her off. So, Allison uh, got a hold of Keith, and Keith accepted and they got caught by Joey. And then, and thus Joey and Keith got into a fight. Season 2. <laughs> In an episode called The White Wedding Part 1, Kaylin comforts Spike, Spike when she figures out that Spike's is pre- or when she figures out that, that Spike is pregnant. That's right. From what I remember, Kaylin didn't have to be told. She just found, she just knew. I, don't, I forget how. I don't know if Spike was showing or if she just knew based on how Spike was acting. But she figured it out. Anyway, in White Wedding Episode 2, Caitlin tries to help with Emma's hair along with Lucy. Caitlin also comforts a stressed out Emma after her argument with Manny. That's right, they had an argument. What it was about? I don't know. We'll find out. I think it was about some dude. It was about some boy. What else do girls argue about? They argue about boys and um, 
Uh, well, what did what did Allison and Amy argue about? Well, they argued about a boy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, later, Caitlin is seen at Snake and Spike's wedding. After the wedding, she talks with Joey and dances with him. Ah, Caitlin. Also in season two, in the episode called Tears Are Not Enough, Caitlin makes a brief return and attends the, the funeral of Albert Manning. I forget who Albert Manning was, but he was apparently died. Uh, when Craig made a, spe- a small scene at the funeral, Caitlin suggests that Joey should take him outside to get some air. In episode three, I don't know why that matters, but I wrote, I had it here anyway. That's what Wiki said. And in episode three, in the episode Father Figure, Caitlin is asked for information about Shane McKay when Emma decides to start searching for him. Caitlin tells Emma uh, that since her mother didn't want her to, to tell her, she couldn't tell her either. So Emma wanted answers. She went to Caitlin. And Caitlin wouldn't tell her. In the episode Whisper to a Scream, Caitlin interviews uh, Paige Michael Chuck, who is also a great character. Great, and Paige, oh, she's got some, wow, Paige. I mean, she started out as this snooty, snobby girl. She reminded me of Blair from The Facts of Life, who comes off as this prissy little goody two-shoes, but it also has a very good heart. That's what this Paige Michael Chuck character was. And uh, she, yeah... You gotta watch Next Generation. Paige. Yep. Paige, uh, I'll just, uh, without spoiling anything, Paige uh, attended a college party. And, uh, long story short, she ended up in court and, uh, she lost. Just gonna say. Which is unfortunate when, uh, she should have won. Uh, anyway, in that episode, uh, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin interviews Paige and Ellie for a co op job. Ellie is chosen as Caitlyn's new mentee, and Caitlyn gives Ellie tasks to do for her. In the episode called Holiday Part 1, Caitlyn comes to Angie's figure skating recycles, or recital and sits next to Joey. Angie is Joey's daughter. Uh, Caitlyn is later asked by Sydney to babysit Angela. Sydney is Joey's woman, uh, current woman, uh, while she, goes, she and Joey go out. Angie asks Caitlyn if she can wear her favorite dress, and Caitlyn says yes. When Joey and Sydney come back home, Sydney asks Angie, why is she wearing that dress? And Caitlin tells Sydney not to be mad at Angie for wearing the dress. But Sydney says that she's not mad at Angie. That's right, she was mad at Caitlin. Caitlin feels uncomfortable and she leaves, but she's stopped by Joey at his porch. And that's when Caitlin plants one on Joey. <laughs> yeah. In part two of that episode, Holiday Part 2, this, were the, this was the Christmas episodes. Of that season, Kaylin starts to have feelings to, uh, to have feelings for Joey, and she talks to Spike about her love crisis. Spike tells Kaylin to read a letter addressed to Joey, telling him your feelings toward him, and reread it when you're calm, which is a good idea. So write out a letter explaining your feelings, reading it, read it out loud, and then decide if you want to give it to him. It's like, it's like on social media if you're really pissed and you want to say something that might anger some people or if you see something trending and you just want to reply to somebody and just or if you want to get all political but you could end up regretting it and paying for it because of the nonsense that goes on on social media especially twitter just write out the post but don't twit don't don't click tweet just read it a few times and then maybe you'll get over it and just delete it <sighs> anyway caitlin manages to do what spike advised of her but caitlin accidentally puts the envelope on Joey's inside door, man. That's right. She ended up giving or leaving the note for Joey anyway. Kaylin, as a result of this, 
she tries to break into the house to get the envelope back. And she does this by trying to go through the window, but she gets stuck. <laughs> Caitlyn becomes, from what I remember, Caitlyn pretty much becomes a bit of a basket case in The Next Generation. But anyway, later, Joey, Sydney, uh, and Angela come home to find Caitlyn uh, inside the window, stuck. Because <laughs> she's trying to get back the letter. Joey asks Caitlin what the hell she's doing, and Caitlin says that she's looking for her Palm Pilot, so a little device. Joey helps Caitlin get inside. Sydney tells Joey and Angela to go look for the Palm Pilot upstairs. Joey says okay, and he and Angela leave to walk to go look for it. Uh, Sydney then hurts Caitlin's feelings while Craig listens in on them. Craig is Joey's stepkid. Caitlin then takes Joey's envelope and leaves the house in tears. Joey and Sydney break up as a result of all this, and Coat, Caitlin, and Joey end up kissing that same night. That's right. So Caitlin didn't have to give Joey the, the uh, little letter, because uh, Sydney, Joey's woman, not uh, his his the mother of his kid. But from what I remember, the mother of Joey's kid. Uh, the story is that she died. I don't remember how, but Sydney was just you know not. I'm not saying I'm not blowing Sydney off, but Sydney was not. Joey's daughter's real mom. Just saying. But anyway, as a result of Caitlin just being a basket case, Sydney breaks up with Joey, and then Joey quickly gets with Caitlin that night. Not with her. They make out. And also in season three in the Power of Love episode, Caitlin is informed that there is interest in a piece that she's done on HIV and AIDS a year previously. And after some emotional talks with Joey, Caitlin decides to leave for a trip around the world for nine months so she can work on her piece. I remember this, man. Joey was not happy about it, but he accepted it because he's matured. Yeah. Season four, Kaylin. In the episode called Time Stands Still Part One, Kaylin returns from her trip around the world to learn that Joey's car dealership has been doing poorly and his house has been put up for sale by Sydney. In part two of this episode, Kaylin makes a deal with Sydney, giving closure to their hostility and buys the house for Joey. This causes a feud between Joey and Kaylin. As, Kay as Joey, you know, he, he's a man. He wants to do things on his own. But this causes a little tiff between them. But the matter is set, set aside when they learn that there's been a... I'm not going to go on, but the matter gets set aside when they learn of, uh, of the... As I mentioned earlier, there's something major happens in Season 4. And so, but the, so the little tiff between Kaylin and Joey gets put on the back burner... When they find out about this finger quote little incident that happened at Degrassi, which we will get to. Uh, in the episode Voices Carry Part 2, Caitlin is present when Craig beats Joey and along with Angie, she cries out for them to stop. That's right, Craig, Joey's stepson, ends up beating the shit out of him. Yeah, I forget the reason why. We'll probably find out when we get to Joey. But yeah, he uh, pummeled him in front of uh, little Angie and Caitlin. And Caitlin is also at Degrassi when the blood drive is on and she interviews Marco because he is president. Marco's a cool character. Marco is a closet homosexual. Well, he was a closet homosexual, but comes out as straight. Great character. Great writing. Seriously, check out the show, man. In the Going Down the Road Part 1 episode, Caitlin meets with Kevin Smith. That's right. That Kevin Smith of Clerks fame. To interview him, Kevin Smith, for those who don't know, has said it several times, he's a huge Degrassi fan. Huge Degrassi fan. 
You know, he uh, Caitlin meets with Kevin Smith about his new movie, Jay and Silent Bob Go Canadian, eh? Kevin chooses Degrassi as the set for the movie. I haven't seen that movie, though. I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's actually... I don't know if it's called Jay and Silent Bob Go Canadian, eh? Or is it just Jay and Silent Bob do Degrassi? But I know they made a little movie. I haven't seen it, though. Anyway, Kate, Kevin chooses Degrassi as the setting and things heat up between him and Caitlin on set. That's right. Kevin Smith, uh, yeah, having a little fantasy of his come true. <laughs> Later on, Caitlin's boss argues with Caitlin over her skills as a journalist and takes her off the Kevin Smith story. Caitlin, feeling a lack of freedom, quits her job on Local Heroes and ends up at a bar with Kevin Smith where she, while drunk, makes out with him. Yeah, Kaylin made it, makes out with Kevin Smith. The Kevin Smith. Anyway, she heads back to Joey's house, still drunk, and Kaylin proposes marriage to Joey. Joey accepts, and the wedding plans are on. Kaylin then gets an offer to revive her show for Ryan's Planet, courtesy of Kevin Smith. So, Kaylin, Kaylin drunkenly proposes marriage to Joey. Joey says yes. Kevin Smith comes along and says, I'm going to revive your show. And Kaylin's like, well, I guess we'll read about it. <laughs> In part two of Going Down the Road, Kaylin reveals to Kevin Smith that she's engaged to Joey. And an argument emerges between uh, Kaylin and Smith. Facing a tough decision, Kaylin takes it out on Joey. And they decide not to get married after agreeing that all they do is fight. Kaylin takes Kevin Smith up on his offer and leaves with him to Los Angeles after a tearful goodbye. In season five in the episode in I or is episode called I Against I, Kaylin visits Spike and consoles her after Spike's husband Snake kissed the school principal, super hot Melissa DeMarco. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Later, she, Emma, uh, and Manny plan a party and order male strippers in order to cheer up Spike. And this plan fails. Why does it fail? Because one of the one of the strippers resembles Snake. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of remember this episode and thinking that dude looks nothing like Snake. What are you talking about? But apparently she saw Snake when she saw this stripper. But anyway, that's that's everything with Kaylin. That, that's probably the last we hear of her. Ah, Kaylin. She becomes a she really she became a career woman who also a bit of a basket case. She's going over those feelings for Joey, but yeah, she put her career first, which is hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Now we go to the one and only Joey Jeremiah. That's right, Joey Jeremiah. Season one, the series premiere of Mother and Child Reunion. Joey is first showing, we, we already talked about it. Joey is trying to sell Lucy a car for Lucy's move to Mexico. And he tells Lucy that he's not going to the reunion. People aren't digging this. Uh, he arrives at the school, he sees Kaylin, they, 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 and the memories resurface. Uh, trying to find stuff that I haven't already gone over here. Uh, yeah, Caitlin convinces him, or he goes to the thing, gets in a fight uh, with Keith after finding Keith uh, and Allison making out. I don't actually, I don't know if he found him making out or if Keith just revealed that uh, he's not serious. But the bottom line, it was Joey who uh, Joey got in a fight with Keith because Keith was a dick. Uh, episode part two of that episode, Mother and Child reunion. Uh, okay, here, here it is. Uh, Allison stumbles upon the two, meaning Caitlin and Joey, offers to buy Joey a drink. Later that night, Joey stumbles across Keith flirting with Allison and talking about his true thoughts about the engagement. So that's what it was. That's right. I now remember. 
you didn't see them finally making out. He overheard Keith, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, whatever with Caitlin. During Caitlin's speech, Joey calls out Keith for his unfaithfulness, and the two get into a fight. Joey and Caitlin sit in the bathroom and discuss her unluckiness with relationships. Well, remember Claude. <laughs> Claude, Claude, Claude. Anyway, she asked Joey how he knew it was right with Julia, and Joey finally opened up to her about uh, Julia. Anyway. Season 2 starts with Craig, Julia's son, mean Joey's previous wife, but she had a previous marriage. And that's how she birthed this Craig guy, who is Joey's stepson. Craig comes to Degrassi. Craig has been spending time with Joey's daughter, Angela, Craig's half-sister, against the wishes of Craig's father. Angela saw bruises that Craig had been had from being beaten by his father, and it's actually the one who reveals it to Joey. That's right, Craig, uh, just, like, just like Rick, man, in uh, junior high. Ah... But uh, yeah, little Angela saw the bruises on uh, Craig and she told Joey about it. After an emotional moment in front of Julia's grave, you know, Joey's first wife, where Craig reveals he was beaten by his father, Joey welcomes him home. He helps Craig after the death of his birth father. Though that's who Albert Manning was. Albert Manning was um, Craig's dad. Uh, after In season four, he helps Craig after he is diagnosed as being Pipolia. Yeah, the Craig character, man, he's uh, he was something. Anyway, season four, Joey dated Sydney, then Caitlin. Their relationship ended when Kevin Smith told Caitlin not to settle and to put her career first. In season five, Joey made his final appearance in Our Lips Are Sealed Part One. At the time, he was dating Diane. Uh, I don't remember who Diane was, but uh, it wasn't Caitlin. And it sure as hell wasn't Melanie. Damn it. <sighs> anyway, um, Pat Mastriani wrote the following as far as his departure from Degrassi. In January 2017, or 7, on his website, just three days after the airing of the Degrassi Next Generation, What It Feels Like to Be a Ghost, Pat Mastriani announced that he is no longer going to play the part of Joey Jeremiah, which left many of his fans disappointed. It is disappointed because uh, Pat Mastriani still likes to live off of the fame of Joey, man. So come on, Joey. Ah, uh, yeah. And now we finally, we move on to Emma Nelson. Who was a little kid in junior high and and high, but in Next Generation she becomes a major character. She's in several several seasons, and if you have not seen Next Generation, but now after hearing my lovely voice talk about it, want to go and watch Next Generation? Spoilers, big time coming up, big time. So stop now and SeroGrapeJuice.com. Uh, I'm Nairby on Twitter. I'm Nairby on Instagram. Uh, be ready. To, be sure to check out. Bayside Buddy, the Save by the Bell podcast starting next week, probably on Saturday since that's when uh, it originally aired when I watched it as a kid or a teenager. So yeah, Bayside Buddy, we'll see you next time. But for those who are sticking around, let's talk about Emma Nelson. Season 1. Major spoilers, remember. In the episode Mother and Child Reunion Parts 1 and 2, I wrote all this stuff out because this is from what I remember. Emma is having an online relationship with a boy she's never actually met in person but he and his class are going to be in town and he and Emma agree to meet over the internet they do this they agree to meet Emma shows up at the hotel to meet the boy when a man who says that he is the boy's teacher greets Emma and takes her to a hotel room and tells her that the boy and the rest of the class will soon arrive and he orders pizza for 
uh, Emma, and uh, yeah, anyway. It turns out that the man was actually the boy, and he holds Emma captive in the hotel room, and he eventually takes out a camcorder to do some filming, but Emma is quickly able to escape to the bathroom in the hotel room and lock herself inside. Meanwhile, her friends, Toby, JT, and Manny, who knew about this finger quote boy and were questioning the the validity of him because she'd never met him. So what are you doing? Are you sure you want to do this? That kind of stuff. They're able to break into Emma's computer and find out where she was going to meet this boy. So they found out the address of the hotel. They quickly head to the reunion where Sp- where to tell Spike what's going on. And then that's when Spike and Snake rush to the hotel where they find the man. They, they, they basically bang on the door and shit. They find the dude. They find Emma. Snake threatens to break the guy's neck. I remember the scene. I remember watching the scene like via my box set. And I actually got teary-eyed just seeing Snake just stand up for them. It was just... Seriously, man. If you're an old school fan... I got teary-eyed and choked up during a lot of the first few episodes of Season 1 of Next Generation. Based on old school characters and stuff. So give it a shot. I'm telling you people, give it a shot if you haven't. Uh, But yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, Anyway, afterwards, it's revealed that the man is a serial offender. And the police have to take away Emma's computer as evidence. Emma, Emma later makes a tearful apology to Spike and Spike forgives her. Uh, also during this season, Emma developed a little crush on a boy named Sean Cameron, who I found reminiscent of Rick from the early uh, junior high days. So, yeah, not only Craig with the that Craig character who was beaten by his father, but the Sean Cameron guy who was a bad boy, and uh, the Emma was into him for in the early junior high seasons. But, uh, yeah, and they, they basically have an on-again, off-again thing between them before... Uh, uh, Sean ends up going off to a military school. Anyway, in the episode Coming of Age, Emma has her period, ooh, and at school. <laughs> Luckily, uh, her friend Manny discovered the leak before anyone else did. I remember that there's she discovers a blood. At one point in this episode, Manny, uh, Emma's walking away from Manny, and Manny's looking at Emma from behind. She's asking Emma, "Did you did you sit and paint?" And then we see a red. Sp- wet spot on the back of Emma's uh, skirt. But anyway, <laughs> upon seeing this, uh, uh, Emma drags, or Manny drags Emma into the washroom and they find a pair of oversized gym shorts. <laughs> I remember that for Emma to wear for the rest of the day. Unfortunately, Emma was slated to present a book report in English in front of the entire class that day. And while she's awkwardly trying to explain the book and hold up the large pants, JT makes a crack and asks Emma if she wet her pants. And I remember this. This was awesome. Emma announces a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, that she got her period. She was just like, no, I got my period. And uh, JT sat his ass down. (laughs) That was a good little scene. I remember that. Also uh, in this season, Emma becomes a feminist at Degrassi Community School. She berates the spirit squad as sexist. And she gets angry at Manny who wants to try out for the spirit squad even though her true motive Emma's true motive was that she hated the idea of Manny being more popular than her and Emma's, Emma also started to favor the ex- well, I don't I didn't call it an extreme group wiki did uh PETA so I don't know if PETA's extreme I mean they throw apparently they throw pig's blood on people so I don't know whatever 
In season two, when Emma learned her uh, from her mom, uh, oh, sorry, when Emma learned her mom and her teacher, Mr. Simpson, were dating, she was very annoyed and disgusted by the thought, which made things awkward between her and Snake at school. Emma found out that Manny had invited Sean to Snake and Spike's wedding. That's right, Sean, the character I mentioned earlier. They had their own, she and Emma had their little on and off things going on uh, early in these the, their run. Uh, she t- she told uh, Emma tells Manny to uninvite him. When Emma thought that uh, when Emma thought she had ruined the wedding, she goes to the only person that she can trust. Sean tells her that no one will hate her, and she's right. When I say ruin the wedding, I forget what it was, but Emma thought she ruined it. I'm trying to remember what why she thought that, but I forget. But she th- she thinks she did something to ruin the wedding, but she didn't. Uh, the wedding does happen, and Sean shows up. And when he arrives, just Jane is playing, which is a slow song, apparently. And Sean asks Emma to dance. And just like their first dance together in season one. And then they then share their first ever kiss. So, yeah, Emma and Sean kiss at this dance at the wedding. Anyway, Emma continued her misguided use of protest for everything that isn't exactly how she likes it with a boycott of genetically modified food in the cafeteria handing out flyers and information on why it was wrong. After being told by Mr. Radich why she was wrong about the cafeteria, Emma decided to use the morning announcements for her own extremist agenda. Yeah, she becomes very political, Emma. Her ploy to boycott the calf backfired when she initiated the students to start a food fight. For causing the fight, Emma was suspended for a day. Instead of backing down, however, Emma continued her tirade, getting her suspended for a week. So Emma... Emma was a little... Pain in the ass here and there, but she's still a great character. Uh, anyway, season three. Emma was being mistaken for Snake's daughter at school. This lost her desire to meet her biological father, which we discussed. After asking Spike about him, about him and getting nowhere, Emma decided to find him herself, using the internet to find listings for Shane McKay, which is her father's name. The next day, she skipped school along with Craig to search for him. After a series of missteps, Emma and Craig finally found found Shane at a home for the mentally disabled. After falling or jumping off a bridge during the original Degrassi Junior High season or series, Shane landed on his head, causing permanent brain damage. His parents placed him in the home. After Emma and Shane's emotional reunion is cut short by a nurse, Emma gives him her address so he can write to her. Forced to call Joey for a ride home and after missing the last train, Emma faces her irate mother. While Emma was angry at her mom for lying to her, she eventually came to see that Spike was just trying to protect her. Uh, And also, yes, while Spike, nine months pregnant, was at home knitting a scarf for the baby, Shane unexpectedly arrived at the house. He pushed his way in and flew into a rage upon discovering that he wasn't part of Spike and Emma's new family. That's right, he flipped out because there weren't any pictures of him, but he saw pictures of Snake and he didn't like it. Uh, Emma arrived home just as Shane was trashing the house, and Spike went into labor. Emma calms Shane down with an ultimating ultimatum where she said, If you hurt my mom, I'll never speak to you again. And yeah, that calmed Snake. Or no, she then called Snake. Uh, Emma's half-brother Jack was born healthy and happy. Shane chilled the hell out. Uh, Snake's cancer took a toll on everyone in Emma's family. Once while doing some work on the computers uh, after school with JT, Emma discovered Snake's will. That's right, I remember that, Snake had written a will because he had gotten leukemia and Emma found it. Convinced Snake's chemotherapy had, chemotherapy had failed, Emma, Emma buckled under the overwhelming stress. 
Alex, who had been tormenting Aaron, uh, Emma since her breakup with Sean, I forget who Alex is, offended the younger student, causing the typically mild-mannered Emma to engage her tormentor in a violent cat fight in the halls of Degrassi. Yeah, she got into a fight. I do remember that. Emma discovers uh, Later, Emma discovers Snake's uh, chemo and actually put his cancer in remission. So yeah, Snake did uh, get into remission from his uh, leukemia. Season four, as, as I said, there's so there's a lot of Emma. I'm not going to read all of it, but as, check out this show, man. It is a good show. As Emma entered tenth grade, oh, this is season four. This is the uh, this is big. So season four, as em, as Emma entered tenth grade, she became friends with Paige and her friends. When Rick Murray returned to Degrassi, she and Paige thought up ideas to make Rick's life hell. And force him to leave Degrassi. Yeah, Rick. Oh, yeah, this Rick Murray character. He was, uh, earlier seasons, he, he, he was basically a woman beater. And then he ended up giving a girl or, or knocking a girl out when he pushed her down and she hit her head. And then he was gone and then he returned. And when he returned, uh, Emma and uh, others decided to try to make his life hell and get him to leave. Uh, after protesting for students against violence, Emma and Paige were able to make the school body despise Rick. In an attempt to buy forgiveness, Rick approached Emma with a check for $500 for the cause. This caused Emma to pity Rick, although she denied it in the public eye. Here we go. To prove for her to her new friends that she wasn't softening towards Rick, Emma purposely tripped Rick at the dot, which I guess is like the max in uh, Saved by the Bell. Bayside Buddy coming soon. Check it out. <laughs> Causing uh, uh, Rick to spill coffee all over himself. Rick then started to stand up to hit Emma uh, and Jay. Scared uh, for Emma, or Jay, who was scared for Emma, jumped from the table, uh, grabbing Rick by his shirt, shoved him outside. Emma, Paige, Spinner, Jimmy, and Hazel followed. Let him go, Emma shouted. Alex told her that she had uh, that she had started this, and Emma stopped her from getting the next hit on Rick. So Emma, despite this Rick dude, ready to lay one on her, uh, she told him to back off, man. But uh, we're not done there. Here we go. After saving Rick from bullying, Emma, along with friend Toby, became the only people who didn't bully Rick. Rick then developed a crush on Emma. However, and she, sh or, or sorry, Rick developed a crush on Emma. However, and she shot his advances down brutally. After being humiliated on live TV, uh, yeah, what happened here is Rick was a part. They were doing a um, just like they did in junior high with uh, the the quizzes and stuff between other schools. They did this here as well. And Rick was doing well. He was doing really well. This Rick character. And everybody was cheering him on. And it seemed like he was being accepted. And then at uh, one point all of a sudden. Uh, a bunch of paint. And feathers. He gets. He ended up, yeah paint and feathers get dumped on him. I don't remember if this happened on the TV. But what ended up happening. He got humiliated. When somebody. Spinner. It was Spinner. Dumped a bunch of paint and feathers on Rick. And it just humiliated the dude. And he showed up the next day after this happened on live TV. He showed up the next day, still covered in paint and feathers. And this, well, obviously, and still the same outfit he was wearing the previous day. 
he showed up at Degrassi with a gun. And while Rick tried to shoot Emma for not accepting his crush on her, Sean stopped him, and in the struggle, Rick was shot and killed with his own gun, but not before shooting another student in the back who became paralyzed and bound to a wheelchair. This student was Jimmy, played by the one and only Drake. That's right, the singer. That was uh, one hell of an episode. One hell of an episode. And uh, the reason that uh, this Rick guy shot Jimmy is because while in the bathroom when he had already brought the gun to school, Rick was in a shitter. This is from what I remember. And then um, Spinner and a friend enter the bathroom. They realize that Rick is in the shitter because I guess they saw the paint and the feathers from under the stall. And then the Spinner guy and his friends start talking about how it was actually Jimmy, Drake, who dumped the paint and the feathers. And Rick guy believed it. And thus he went, first he went looking for Jimmy, found him. Jimmy turned, he pointed the gun at, this was a powerful, serious, this episode was something, man. Rick ended up pointing the gun at, at uh, Jimmy slash, I'll just call him, couldn't call him Drake, Drake. Pointing the gun at Drake, Drake just gets uncomfortable, starts backing up. And then something happened to grab Rick's attention real quick. And then Drake turns and tries to run away. And then Rick just ends up shooting him in the back. And then he went looking for Emma. He pointed the gun at Emma when Sean stepped in front of him and uh, struggled and the gun went off and Rick ended up getting killed with his own gun. That was something. But that was the incident that caused Joey and Caitlin's uh, tiff to be put on the side burner when they heard about a shooting at Degrassi. So not only pushing the envelope in junior high and high, they also pushed the envelope in uh, Next Generation. And... uh, there's a lot more to cover with Emma because she was a major character for several seasons, but there's just too much to go over here. Uh, what I will say is that she, well, I'll say, well, two things. Emma also ends up uh, joining this little club, not an official school club, but uh, how do I make this PG? Um, she ends up joining a club for girls where... If they get into a van and perform a certain act on a boy, they get rewarded with like a bracelet. And uh, Emma ended up doing this a lot before she ended up not doing it anymore. This act, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what base you would call it. Not home run, but uh, screw it. You know, screw political correct. Emma ends up joining a club where. You give a dude a BJ, you get a friggin' bracelet. So she was competing with other girls for this little club. But yeah, anyway. Also, another thing I will say is that she does eventually get married to that spinner guy. She gets married to him. Emma, so yeah. Which was opposites attract times 9,000. <laughs> Those two. Spinner was a doofus and a half, but he still was a great character. Who went on to be like a, a born-again Christian and stuff. But at first he was, uh, because it was him who caused that Rick dude who would actually did the tar and feathering, if you will. And then he felt guilty about it when he revealed to Drake that it was really him doing it, that did it. And yeah, that serious. Watch this shit. Watch this show. It really is good, everybody. Anyway, so that is that. And I, I, I can't stress enough. I highly recommend watching Next Generation. If you're fans of old school, there's a lot of old school character stuff. And you might even get into the new characters, as I did. In fact, as I said, I, it's late. I'm recording this on Labor Day weekend, 2020. When I'm done this, 
I'm going to put on friggin' disc one of Degrassi Next Generation Season 1 because I want to watch it again. It's been a while. <sighs> At least up to Seasons 5 or 6 because it really is a good show. And the new characters are good too. So I say up to Season 5 or 6. And uh, maybe you'll, you'll like what happened. But anyway, that is that. That was Degrassi Buddy, episode 25. 25 years of Degrassi Buddy. That was the epilogue. Degrassi Buddy might return here and there in the future with maybe character bios if anybody wants to appear on an episode and talk Degrassi, favorite memories or stories. Uh, I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I mentioned back in, the, in an early episode, earlier episode of Degrassi Buddy, here on GrapeJuice.com, Iron Derby, how one day I ended up skipping school because that night I had dreamed that Caitlin, or not, Caitlin was my girlfriend. So I actually, this was when I was in junior, was in high school. I ended up skipping school after having that dream that Caitlin was my girlfriend and riding the, the Toronto public transit, hoping to run into the actress. <laughs> Seriously. So if you have any crazy stories like that and want to like to do an episode of Degrassi Buddy, there might be more in the future. But until then, be ready. Bayside Buddy starting, uh, we're just going to say this Saturday, since that is when I watched Bayside or Saved by the Bell back in the day. It was every Saturday morning. We're going to start with episodes one and two of season one. We're only going to do two episodes per show because I got other stuff to do, man. I'm really busy with the website and with streaming and cooking and work. So, yeah, keeping yourself busy like a man. So stay tuned for Bayside Buddy. Thank you all for listening and sharing. Continue to listen and share. And uh, check out Bayside Buddy. Come on, man. You can't tell me that a lot of you Degrassi fans did not go on to watch uh, uh, Say by the Bell. And granted, Saved by the Bell was not as dramatic as Degrassi. It was mostly comedy. It had its, its moments. There was a moment where they smoked weed. And they tried to offer some to Kelly. And Kelly was like, no thanks. I don't smoke weed. There was also the Buddy Bands episode. Remember Buddy Bands? <laughs> buddy Bands. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned for that. On, that will also be on Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. As well as SealandGrapeJuice.com via SoundCloud. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everybody who listened in the past and shared these links. Check out SerialGrapeJuice.com for the entire library of Degrassi Buddy, all 25 episodes. Also Movie Buddy, which is audio commentaries for movies. If you want to watch a movie with a buddy, watch one with me. There's several movies in there to watch. Also Recipes with Videos, Coming Soon Bayside Buddy. I want to do animations. Just tell people about it so I'll become rich and famous like Caitlin. That was Degrassi, buddy. They totally did Melanie wrong. But what you gonna do? Have a lovely day.